Hi, welcome everybody to Unboxing Logistics. My name is Lori Boyer and I am going to be your host in this amazing new vodcast. I'm super excited because today is our inaugural episode. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> um, in today's episode, we did a lot of chatting as a team to try to decide what are the most important topics that we're getting a lot of questions about, what are, who could come and talk on it. And so today we came up with the topic of AI and AI in logistics. And of course there was no one better immediately to my mind, James Sutton, the James Sutton came to <laughs> mind as our guest. He is amazing. He's held all kind of titles like Chief Analytics Officer, Director of Enterprise Data Solutions, Manager of Supply Chain Demand and Analytics, and all those things that have uh, kind of those nerdy number things in their <laughs> title that makes me a little intimidated. But welcome, James. Thanks for having me. So excited to have you. Can you, really quick before we get going, just share a little bit with our logistics community? We love them. Um, tell us a little bit about yourself and your background. Yeah, my name is James Sutton. Uh, I've been with the Easy Post family for about a year when our company, uh, Summit Advisory Team, Elevate, got bought by Easy Post. I oversee our supply chain uh, analytics product offering, which is Elevate, as well as our analytics consulting practice. Um, my background is more in like is retail, more business focused. So I actually started working at Best Buy when I was 16. I worked in stores for seven years, and I still attribute a lot of my like retail knowledge to those days of being the person who who, who did that job. Um, and then I went to manufacturing for international paper and learned all everything about manufacturing and supply chain and supply planning. Um, and then after that, I went to finish line JD Sports and helped them stand up a supply chain analytics practice, a planning practice, and then enterprise data and, and move their enterprise data uh, strategy into GCP and Looker and the cloud. Um, and then three years ago, we founded Elevate and the supply chain analytics practice and uh, been helping enterprise shippers and retailers uh, improve their operations. So it's been quite a journey to get here, um, but excited to talk more about AI because our industry is changing really quickly and we're in the middle of a, another AI hype cycle. So it's yeah. perfect time for this podcast. An AI hype cycle. I love how you yep. said that. Um, I love AI. I'm super AI geek out <laughs> nerd. I just think it's a super exciting time that we're living in mm -hmm. where it's like we're seeing real-time changes. But we're going to get to that in a minute. Um, one thing I wanted to say that I love about James and you guys in the community are going to love about him is that he actually has a little bit of a marketing and sales background. And he and I were just talking about that, how he has a really unique um, approach to things because he's way into numbers, way into um, all of the, the analytics, but he also really can know how to speak to people. And I think that's such a cool skill. So shout out to James for that. Um, but before we get started, I think it's awesome if we can get to know you a little bit better. Awesome. So we're going to do what I call our 30-second speed round of this or that. Most of them are just generic. Tell us what you prefer. Um, a couple of them are actually even logistics related. So we'll, uh, we'll get the, the real deep insight on you. So, okay. Coffee or tea? Coffee, for sure. Every morning. Latte. Latte. Summer or winter? Uh, definitely summer. Oh, you, yeah. you like to get out and have fun? Yeah, I'm a golfer, so I want warm weather. Warm weather. Fiction or nonfiction? Ooh, I'm probably nonfiction, actually. Yeah. Seems like a type. Always reading up how to get smarter, <laughs> even. Okay, mountains or beaches? 
Uh, I would say both because I live in California, but I would pick mountains. <laughs> yeah, me too. Dogs or cats? Oh, uh, probably dogs. But they're they're definitely a lot more work. So yeah, they're yeah. a little bit like having a kid. I yeah, say. it's like high maintenance but high reward. Yeah, a hundred percent. City or country? Uh, I like city living. I'm a really big walker, so I, I love being able to walk to everything. James was just telling me a story about how he tried camping. Oh, yeah. But it didn't quite pan out. So. Yeah, should we go into that? <laughs> uh, there was just a lot of ticks involved. We could have a and, whole other episode yeah. on that one. Yeah. yeah. Okay, pancakes or waffles? Oh, waffles. waffles. Definitely like the crisp. Yeah, yeah, I love it. Okay, what do you think is more important, first mile or last mile? Oh, I mean, last mile for customer satisfaction. Yeah, yeah. I agree with that. And just-in-time inventory or oh. just-in-case inventory? Oh, it depends on the business. Oh, I, I knew he was going to say that. that he, yeah. He's such a politician. <laughs> so you guys have to tell us in your comments what you think. But Okay, that was super fun. But I do want to get into our segment on AI. So what I'm hoping that we all come away from is understanding of some of the challenges in AI, the opportunities in AI. Everyone's talking chat GPT. Everybody's talking about AI lately. Um, and so what can our listeners do or our, our viewers? Um, what can they do today to prepare? Um, and, and kind of just what, where do we see AI going? So can you start maybe by telling me a little bit about your personal journey in AI and you know, especially how that ties into logistics? Yeah, so I would say my experience is different than a lot of people in the data space. I like started more on the business side uh, as an analyst using data in order to make decisions. And then uh, eventually through some roles where I didn't have data available to me, I became more of a data engineer where uh, for the past five plus years, I've pretty much been focusing on the infrastructure of data and cloud compute and streaming and transformations and building good data models and not on AI. And, and um, I would say that like, you know, my Slack title is non-artificial intelligence because I've been almost anti-AI <laughs> until recently. Yeah, well, I just think that like there's, you know, you, you go to a conference and every company is an AI company until you ask them what AI is. And then, yeah. then, then they're like, oh, I you think. know, I, they don't have a good answer, right? And so I think just recently things have kind of like had flipped a little bit with ChatGPT. I mean, mm -hmm. AI has been leveraged in applications in production for years with like Netflix's uh, uh, recommendation engine and with mm -hmm. Uber's like uh, driver selection. But I think ChatGPT is really the first time that uh, AI is becoming like more mainstream and people are yeah. seeing like real use cases. And so um, my experience now is like, how what are those biggest ROI? Uh, events and opportunities where we can leverage better, like larger data sets in order to make better decisions. And so I'm, I'm driving that forward with our company right now. I love that. I love the idea that um, AI has always kind of been around. I've heard for years that like even, you know, I work in marketing. And so as a marketing professional, there have been studies that show that if you just put the word AI, people are like, oh, well, I should get that because right. it's it's AI, right? But we don't always really understand it. Um, I would love to know from you, which what kind of things here in logistics have already had AI sort of driving them for a long time? Um, I know, for instance, at Easy Post, we have different analytics to check um, speed of um, of the of delivery or things like that. Uh, 
where maybe would people already see AI that they weren't even aware was was driving it? Yeah, so I think personalization is was like the first like really mm-hmm. big mainstream use mm-hmm. case for AI, and that's more on the marketing side. But that's been like leveraged by companies for like a decade now, and um, and that continues to get better as external yeah. data gets better, and so. Um, you know, you, everyone's being targeted based off of the data, the data that you're creating on your mobile devices. And that that's, yeah. you know, I think everyone behind the scenes, that's what's happening. In logistics, I think it's a, a little bit tougher. I think um, I already mentioned Uber, but d- dynamic driver selection based off of like geolocations of phones is um, is definitely mm. a really cool use case. Mm-hmm. Um, but in more enterprise shippers, um, you know, a lot of those things are not being leveraged today. It's all scan based yeah. and, and it's more like legacy route planning. And so there's like the supply chain industry, I think, is a little bit more lagging as far as leveraging some of these new technologies. And but that's also really cool that there's like a ton of opportunities in yes. that space. I love that you said opportunity because I had a boss once upon a time and he never liked us to say, oh, this is a problem. He always said this means that there's an mm-hmm. opportunity. Right. So yep. that means that everyone who's not doing it, that is an opportunity for growth. So where do you see personally where in the industry is there opportunity? What kind of areas do we have the biggest opportunity in AI? Yeah, I mean, within logistics, I would say there's like three big ones on the top of my head right now. One for shippers, uh, EasyPost has been rolling out the smart rate uh, mm-hmm. service, but selecting the right carrier service. I'm serv- going to interrupt yeah. you. This is a smart rate service is like what I was talking yeah. about with where you check um, how how quickly a package could get there just by actual real-time data, um, which cost, which carrier mm-hmm. is going to give you the best price, things like that, just for those of you who don't know. That's all AI-driven as well. Yeah, and I think that's really cool. I think like TMSs and and dynamic, I guess, rule based uh, carry selection has been in the industry for a long time. But mm-hmm. what EasyPost is doing, trying to leverage the uh, millions or billions of tracking events that are in there in the system in order to like detect a confidence level that a package will get delivered mm-hmm. on a required delivery date, um, and then selecting the cheapest of those based off of your desired confidence interval is is like a huge change for shippers. And so yeah. I think leveraging you know, large data sets in order to dynamically change who you're shipping with. Um, and as companies are more open to onboarding more carriers, which they should with uh, everything happening with UPS, et cetera, right now, um, yeah. is, uh, is, is, is definitely number one. Is shippers should use some AI in order to select the right carrier service mix. Yeah. Um, I was just talking to some of our, our, our customer support people and, and talking about different customers we have and whatnot. And they mentioned that most, especially e-commerce, if you're in e-commerce, um, tend to stick with one carrier. Mm-hmm. So that kind of expansion into the multi-carrier, um, why, why do you think people avoid that maybe? Is that just a little too scary? I can see how no, AI can be really it's powerful. It's actually more of an operational issue than a technical mm, issue. So like actually being able to have truck pickups from multiple carriers from your distribution center gotcha. is a different operational challenge that you have to plan for. So for big operations mm. where you're doing, you know, hundreds of or you know, hundreds of thousands of shipments a month, like it's it's easier to fill truckloads and and like have many lanes. But when you have smaller volume, it's like one carrier is easier to manage. Um, and then sense. two from like, you know, your, your IT side, usually those teams are smaller. Mm-hmm. And so to like onboard more carriers is a time effort to pay multiple carriers is a time effort mm-hmm. to have analytics on multiple carriers is a time effort. So I think there's like a few obstacles, but, um, you know, I think software companies like easy Post are trying to build solutions to make that easier. Right. Uh, but the operational challenges are still there that like need to be overcome. Yeah. 
That completely makes sense. So where else do you see other opportunities? Yeah, so I think the the biggest opportunity I see is within like tracking of packages. I think a lot okay. of a lot of things, right? Like the whole industry exists on this like tracking number ecosystem, where tracking numbers get reused and they they may be unique for ninety days, and then they get yeah. scanned into different buildings, and then eventually they get delivered, and hopefully they get scanned, and then like that that's how you, we track packages in the ecosystem yeah. today. And so there's not AI yeah. involved in that right now. No, it's just it's all okay. event based, and then they publish events, and then like there's software providers that give, you know, you can track it on the company's website or you might get mm. an email from a company, right? But the whole tracking ecosystem is, just has opportunity, especially with awesome. uh, IoT devices. So mm -hmm. there's- What's IoT? Internet of things. Okay. So it's Share like a very us. generic word, but like there's, <laughs> there's like, you know, you can, like you can buy RFID tags for, you know, some pennies now. Mm -hmm. You can get different, uh, there's like many Bluetooth devices. There's different ways of tracking locations of packages mm, that yeah, yeah. are starting to, retailers are starting to use in their stores, but I think shippers to start to use on their packages mm -hmm. so that you can actually track where a physical package is throughout the life cycle of where it's in the building. I mean, there's a whole mm. lost package ecosystem that like yeah. companies lose a lot of like, no, companies lose a lot of packages and then shippers like have to submit claims and it's this whole process for lost packages. Whereas if like we had better data on tracking where those are and then leverage artificial intelligence to call, call out those exceptions, um, there's just a lot of opportunity there. And then if you know better of where your packages are and you have better data on that, then you can uh, build more solutions to dynamically route plan based off of uh, different capacity constraints. Are you saying we can like hunt down the guy who like stole the package off my porch? So <laughs> not going to that probably, level. Probably not that level, but you know, I will. With, with video AI, you can probably detect who that is at some point. So. I mean, that's just I crazy yeah. to think. I, but lost yeah. packages are a huge problem mm -hmm. in the industry. And I think that when you, when you consider the fact that, I mean, the numbers are enormous, the people who are ramping up, mm -hmm. um, buying online, getting packages, but the customer expectations, like they kind of expect you to be almost perfect, mm -hmm. right? So it's like two day shipping is free and that the package is gonna arrive on time. So being able to have that AI tracking that you really can reduce lost packages, I think that's, Yep. That would be really awesome. So do you see that coming soon? No. no. It, there's a lot of infrastructure. There's a lot of hardware it, like and investments that need to be made in order to like for the industry to change. Mm -hmm. I mean, what I just mentioned of like having physical hardware that like on the label, like no one's doing that yet. And so Hey, opportunity, the, you the, entrepreneurs out there. Yeah, the 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 most advanced that I see right now in like last mile is like Amazon with like they're basically mm -hmm. leveraging like driver phone location or mm -hmm. to detect where a package is. So this last year you might have seen that they you get notifications like your your driver's nine stops away from your delivery, right? Yeah. Um right. so but they're leveraging like a tracking number is assigned to a truck and that truck driver has a phone. It's mm. not actually down to the package. It's so. not the package, it's the delivery so, But it, it's still like really awesome to see how companies are innovating in that space. Yeah. Um, and we'll see where it goes. I love how you say there's opportunity. Mm -hmm. um, that again, our audience is awesome out there. <laughs> Somebody go invent it. Um, what else? Do you see any other opportunities yeah, specific? Yeah, I mean, uh, it'd be hard for me to talk about AI without talking about forecasting. Uh, that's like <laughs> my background in like demand planning. And I so, love forecasting. Yeah, I think it's so cool. I mean, we just filmed a webinar about like like network optimization, and we talked a lot mm -hmm. about inventory locations and and inventory planning. And I think like even though that doesn't have to directly tie to like last mile delivery, but like having 
the right inventory in the right location and then dynamically routing your orders to that right location, um, there's still opportunity in the ecosystem mm. in order to uh, create models and leverage models to plan better. And yeah. so... Um, well, there's massive amounts of data. Yep. I mean, there's so much information out there. Um, yeah. I feel like forecasting is its one of the things that's really, really interesting to me. I was just talking to someone today saying, I want to do a whole topic on demand forecasting because I think it's super cool, but I think it can get a lot better. So yep. I agree with you that I think AI would be an awesome opportunity there. Anywhere else, I want to talk about some of the challenges, and I think we've kind mm -hmm. of touched on, on on them a little bit, but I want to make sure, are there any, any other opportunities you see before we move on? I think that's a good three to start with. Okay, yeah. awesome. Okay, challenges. I mean, right off the bat, you mentioned the fact that uh, um, we're a little lagging in the industry sometimes in keeping up with technology, so I'm, I'm guessing that's a challenge, but what, what challenges do you see as well? Yeah, I mean, I think that as a most non-data professionals mm -hmm. don't really tie the like these new AI models to what's required underneath it in order to mm -hmm. under like to build uh, to build insights. And so, um, what's cool about ChatGPT and these large language models is that they've spent you know a lot of time building up great data and then exploring that data and making mm -hmm. it available in, in these models. But in order to productionalize some, uh, an AI model on top of internal data, you have to have everything like your data strategy in a good place. Like you have to have all your data in, in the same spot. You have to like have it defined as far as like what sales is or what shipments are or what inventory is. You have to have everything in a good place from a data engineering ecosystem before you're ready for AI. And so um, I think that's like one of the biggest challenges is that there's either the data doesn't exist on what you're trying to build, like, you know, having tracking data in more mm -hmm. like detail level granularity, um, or it's like you haven't done the effort in order to build the data infrastructure to support your models. And so I think in general, that's that's the biggest challenge. Um, so are you saying what I mean, what does it look like if they have the data in place, if a company does? Um, are you saying most of them? have data but it's just not connected and it's mm -hmm. not organized well or you know w which is a bigger problem to you not having so it's, data i or? think it's actually the business side of defining data um okay. that's the biggest issue because you, you it's like air is not just like magical where right? i take a python package and i put on my data warehouse and it just works right like right. you have to actually define and, and engineer what you what model you're trying to train for where those data elements exist mm -hmm. um and do kind of that mapping exercise from like here's my data to here's my model and then here's my like desired output and so like, there's a lot of work there um I was just mm -hmm. at Manhattan's user conference uh, mm -hmm. recently, and the CTO was talking in the key keynote about ChatGPT and how they're thinking about it, and mm -hmm. and it was like it was, he did, his keynote was great. Um, mm. One of the shout out. yeah, shout out to him. Um, <laughs> well, well, the use case he used was uh, a DC like supervisor asking okay. like, "What are my opportunities in picking?" And the ChatGPT or the long large language mm -hmm. model like spit back out and said, "Hey." Based off your current backlog and your current labor utilization and the net your next shift planning, you need four more pickers in this area, right? Mm. Like I gave a very prescriptive answer, which is like what an operator wants, right? Yeah. But in order to answer that question is like is very difficult from a data perspective because right. like that in Manhattan's labor, like warehouse management system, that's like twelve tables where all that data lives. So uh -huh. you you have to have a data strategy to like 
tie all those data elements into uh, the large language model in order to spit back the answer. Mm. Um, it's like the models don't just like know the data structure and, right. and figure it out on its right. own. Um, so I, I, there's, you know, there needs to be investment in that area in order to build out those func like functional use cases. Mm -hmm. um, and then it's going to be like the whole industry is going to change as far as how uh, users interact with software. Yeah. So I think it's a great point. Sometimes, I mean, there's been so much hubbub and people freaking out about losing jobs and stuff due to AI. But what I'm hearing you say and what I think and I've experienced as well is we still need those people to be filling in the data, providing that information, asking the right queries to get us to the next point. Um, one thing that you and I have talked about before in the past is um, you shared something that I thought was super cool that we should have, you know, kind of data people across different organizations. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that could come into play here. Um, you know, we need to have advocates and, and more of a focus on data than we have in the past. Uh, would you agree with that? Do you think that we've got in place the personnel to handle the kind of data needs we'll be need moving forward or do you think companies should start looking at you know more more data personnel yeah so i see uh companies invest in ai and data which mm -hmm. is which is great but you have to have a really focused approach as far as how you're going to leverage that so you, you don't really want to build infrastructure for infrastructure or models for models and then like nothing's changing with your business right. so yeah yeah uh you know, some people disagree with me, but I feel like data and AI is a little bit of a support function. So mm -hmm. the real people who you're trying to influence are your operations teams, your analysts that live within marketing or live within each finance or any of these functional areas that are actually going to be making different business decisions based off of your company's data. And then your your AI and your data functions are empowering those. And mm -hmm. so um, I, I think that like, as the industry like evolves, it's like, how do we serve those people better? And then how do we build tools in order to make their experience better? And so the, the whole like hype cycle around chat GPT is yeah. interesting because it's changing the, like the, the uh, landscape on how users are going to get insights from data. And so the, the whole idea of being able to change into more of a natural conversation of being able to like ask mm -hmm. uh, ask an analyst what the answer to my question is and then having a large language model who knows my data like answer it is like super intriguing and yeah. uh, can be a lot faster. I definitely don't think that like AI is going to kill jobs. It's just going to like change jobs. Yeah, so like certain things don't need just don't need to be done anymore. Like we don't need as many like database admins that are just entering mm -hmm. things in anymore because we like you know invented processes for scanning instead of just entering in things. So like the the industry is just evolving and there's going to be new jobs in order to make these things powerful. Um, I love how you said that. I was speaking with um, a videographer I work with recently and and he was sharing a little bit about you know how in the industry when um not ai but um computer animation mm -hmm. came about decades ago and how some of the artists were like no we this is pure we can't mess <laughs> it up and then some of the people were like let's get it let's mm -hmm. learn these new tools and obviously it's those who adapt to the tools, who accept them and figure out how, like you said, to augment your job and how to make what you do faster and more efficient and better mm -hmm. um, are the people who are going to end up being successful long term. So I don't think we should be afraid, just like you said, but 
what can, so let's say that somebody's listening right now, they're a warehouse manager, they're a logistics executive, they're whatever your role is, those of you in the community, <laughs> um, what, what should they start doing right now? Obviously, there's a lot of different systems that include AI, um, but outside of that, for them personally, what would be your, your recommendations? I mean, I think the if you want to like get to know where we're at in the current state of AI, use ChatGPT. Like, just mm -hmm. get a hang of it. Start asking it questions. Even ask questions that may be relevant to your job and see mm -hmm. and that, that you're a subject matter expert on, and like see what ChatGPT has to say about it. Because it, the reality is, it's probably close to being right, and there may be some things that you disagree with. And um, so, I, I think just using it is yeah. number one. And then two, I think like as a as a uh, as a world, we kind of just need to like be skeptical about AI. Oh. So uh, just because the computer says it doesn't mean it's right, because the underlying data and the interpretation of the underlying data, like oh. it, it's it's difficult. Like what we're developing, we're developing in real time, and it's really fast. And so uh, like the outputs right. of these models right. are not going to be right all the time. And so uh, I think we everyone just needs to like operate under a certain level of skepticism and and still trust like your understanding of the business and just mm -hmm. use this as a, a way to uh, make yourself better faster. Yeah. Um, I think like uh, one of the most intriguing things I've seen in this space is how the developer workflow is changing with ChatGPT. So uh, developers now mm. can like use ChatGPT to uh, ask how to like answer, like do certain tasks within development, like whether yeah. like I'm trying to write this Python application, here's what I want it to do. And it'll write like first version for you. And then you just have to edit it to like yeah. do what you want it to do. And so like how we are even developing applications is changing. Um, it's no longer Google and uh, Substack or whatever. It's uh, or uh, it's uh, it's now like asking these large language models to help me with your workflow. So yeah. I love you said you had a whole bunch of nuggets there. <laughs> um, I loved what you said about being skeptical mm -hmm. because I use ChatGPT all the time. I really love it. I am just one of those kind of. I feel like James and I. <laughs> I said this to him before. We're like the same person because while I work with people, I love numbers mm -hmm. too, and he loves numbers and people. So um, <laughs> we're the same. But um, one thing that I found it when I dive into ChatGPT, it's not always right, but. Um, I like to have discussions with it mm -hmm. and ask it best practices and ask it to share, share some of the research. So I would think even if you're dealing with a difficult customer issue or if you're, you know, if you're playing with it personally, you're saying, I, I want to bring up this topic to my boss. I want to advocate for this. What are some best practices? What's going to help? Um, there's a lot of ways to use it, mm -hmm. but I love, love your suggestion of trying to figure out what it does know in your industry, what it doesn't, in your specific job role, and, and just getting comfortable with it, mm -hmm. I think, to start. So that's really critical. Okay, well, there's so much that we could talk about, but I do want to ask you before we go, any predictions you have? This is like looking into our crystal ball. Um, and I also just want to know, like what excites you the most? What what are you excited about for the future? Um, what do you want to see? What do you want your daughter someday to experience in the logistics world with AI? What what do you have to say about that? Oh, those are some big questions. Big questions. Big questions. Um, I mean, I'm really excited on how the industry is changing. I think how 
people are using technology and interact with software applications is just evolving in front of our eyes. So a lot of people are saying this is like the second dot-com boom. And it's, it's, it really is. I, I didn't believe it five years ago, but now like yeah. you're, you're like starting to see it and starting yes. to see the opportunities. Um, so I'm just like really excited to see how people change how they leverage technology in order to run businesses or run oper like operations and run their life even, right? Yeah. I think that's really Amazing. interesting. It's also really scary, right? There's just like mm -hmm. so many concerns as far as like, what data do these like these like large models have access to, and and like yeah. how do we protect yeah. ourselves and, and protect our company from yeah. uh, from Security. malicious intent? We're yeah. gonna have to have you back, yeah. James, because that's a whole other oh, topic we could get into. Right. Security, it's a huge issue. Time. How do you mm -hmm. keep people like you know bad players from impacting your models? Right. Yeah. Um, so I'm I'm both equally excited and just like scared that I feel like we need to make sure that we're making the right investments in the mm. right areas and being skeptical enough in order to like not mm. roll things into production that like uh, can have adverse effects. So, um, yeah, I, I love that equal parts excited and skeptical mm -hmm. and embrace, but also kind of, you know, trust yourself and trust your knowledge that you have. Yep. That's awesome. I love it. Okay, James, I'm sure people may want to reach out to you. If, and if anyone has questions for James or for me, you're welcome to reach out. But James, where can people reach you? Where can they connect with you? Yeah, I'm active on LinkedIn. I post about he data does post some and, cool stuff. and analytics occasionally. So you can follow me on LinkedIn. Uh, you can follow my hiking adventures on Instagram. But, <laughs> nice, uh, nice. See, you yeah, said he wasn't outdoorsy, but there you go. Yeah, I do like hiking. I just like going back to it. He bed. likes to go yeah. home and shower at yeah. the end. Yep. I like it. Okay, so <laughs> follow him on LinkedIn. Connect with him if you have any questions. It's been awesome having you for our inaugural episode. Um, you really brought all, <laughs> all kinds of insights. So I awesome. appreciate it. And everybody out there, have a great day. And we'll see you next time. <laughs>